Oh man, praise God. I'm so excited for what God has in store for us tonight. Jesus is so good. You know, I, I love those moments when God divinely allows you to intersect with people and, and you have these divine connections, these divine appointments that happen and, and there are there are few people in my life where I've, I've met certain people and I knew that I was being marked by meeting these people. Have you ever met anybody like that? You, you sit down, you have a conversation with them and you walk away from the table going, dude, I don't, I'm not the same. You know, it's just God is so good at how he puts people in our life like that. And I'm really excited to, uh, to get a, a new friend up here to share some things with us tonight. Um, and I'll get to that in just a moment um, before he comes. But I want to read a passage of, of scripture to you before he comes. And then I'm going to share just a, a little bit about him and, and pretty much just give him the floor. Man, I, I told this guy, this group of people, man, they want freedom, you know. You want some freedom? Yeah, I, I, I'm all about freedom. And, and I want the word of the Lord, man. I want to know what God's saying. I want to go with where he's going. And um, as I was praying on my back porch, you know, patio this afternoon and, and um, thinking about uh, this brother who's coming to share in a few minutes, um, the Holy Spirit took me to this passage of scripture in Daniel chapter 9. I want to read this to you guys. Jan Daniel chapter 9. It says, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures. That's really important. Daniel got understanding from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Daniel got information and understanding by reading the prophetic word of the Lord. I think we should clue in i'm just, just being real i'm not trying to go super spiritual or even you know uh, super spooky or anything like that okay but this is how this is how people got understanding of of the times and seasons and then he goes on to say so i turned to the lord god and pleaded with him in prayer in petition, in fasting, in sackcloth, and ashes. And man, dude, you look at our nation and we're turning to everything. Will we turn to the one who can really bring healing? I say to you tonight, you know, I don't know what, what you're walking through, but I can tell you right now that, that if you turn to the Lord, he will answer you. And listen to what Daniel goes on to say. He says, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. And look at this word right here. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and we have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants and prophets who spoke your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. And you jump over to around verse 18 and he says, give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Oh, Lord, listen. Let me tell you something right now. We don't need to get clever with God. We simply need to cry out for mercy. 
You know what I'm saying? We don't need to try to boast in our righteousness. Let's just come to the one who is righteous and hear what he has to say from heaven and plead for mercy. Um, I, I love the way Daniel turns this into a we project. What are we going to do about the problem? What are we going to do? Let's stop blaming politicians and governments and, and, and blaming everybody else. And let's just look at what we got to do together. You know, when you walk down the highway and you see a bunch of trash on the street, we could point the finger at everybody else or we could get out and get a trash can and start picking up the trash. And we could say, you know what? This is my problem because this is my neighborhood. You know, we need to look at this city as our problem. I believe this brother, Tom, um, Demery, who is getting ready to come and share. I had an opportunity. I've been talking to him for several weeks now. And, and um, the way we were introduced is through um, Joe Miller, um, who is the Florida, State of Florida National Day of Prayer Coordinator. And um, he comes highly recommended through that organization and, and through other um, very well-known people. Anybody ever heard of Jack Hayford, um, a name you may have heard of? He's, he's connected with him. This, this guy has a, you know, I don't want to just drop name drop, but I want you to understand the depth that's going on here. This is a guy who is, is connected politically to a, a number of political figures and, and church leaders. But, but I want you to hear what he's doing. He's on a 1,700-mile walk from Naples, Florida to Corpus Christi. He's walking, prayer walking the Gulf of Mexico. Now, 1,700 miles sounds like a lot. That is a lot of mileage. But the dude has logged over 17,000 miles prayer walking our nation with his organization. The dude, if you cut his wrist, man, he bleeds Jesus, love for Jesus. Okay? He loves the nation. He loves people. And I am just honored to have him come and just share nuggets of what the Holy Spirit is saying to him because we are a house of prayer. And we want to stand with a movement of prayer. And he, um, he is actually going to be coming through Pensacola. He's, he's here ministering tonight. We, he was this morning um, at Worship on the Water, and I had the chance to go down and be a part of Gulf Breeze United Methodist down at the beach this, this morning. And, um, and so we have the honor of having him here in our house tonight. He's actually going to be passing, coming into Pensacola. He's picking up from Navarre tomorrow morning and will be entering into Pensacola tomorrow afternoon sometime. And then we'll be walking out of Pensacola Tuesday morning. And so I would love if you guys would just give a big warm welcome to my friend Tom Demery as he comes. God bless you, brother. Look, this dude can preach, but he can get down on the piano, too, so he may sow some of that into your life, too, man. It was awesome this morning. <laughs> Thanks. Um, hey, guys, how are you? Good. Um, the, the challenge when you get into a place like this, a house where the heavens are wide open, um, if, if you move in a gift where God speaks to you, it's, it's, if you're already ADD in that gift to start with, then you're, then you're really in trouble because there's so much. We could, just, we could just stand here and prophesy for about seven hours and then start the message. But there's something God gave me today and he kind of he fermented it when we were at lunch. Uh, first priority, I wanna, I wanna introduce this, this young man here, uh, Jeremy Swan. Uh, we met Jeremy on our first prayer walk across the country uh, back in 01, which we thought, by the way, would be our only prayer walk across the country. Uh, we were wrong. 
How many know that God, God keeps us on a need-to-know basis, right? I mean, if God said, hey, you're going to prayer walk the nation for 13 years, you'd probably say, no freaking way. <laughs> so he gives it to you in small doses, right? Anyway, we, we picked up Jeremy in Texas, and we've been friends ever since. This young man has been a, a pastor in the jungles of Peru, where you can only get there with a the machete. He's a killer man of God. His wife's name is Sandra. They have two little kids, and he's my uh, wingman for uh, this portion of the walk. So would you welcome Jeremy, please? And since we're doing some other stuff, where's Jared the Clean? Is he in the room? Get those worship dudes. Tell them there's two services here. Come on now. Where are they? At Starbucks? Are they here? Are they here somewhere? I'm seriously asking. Tony, you're here. The leader's always here. What? If he's here. Oh, did he? All right. Did he really run to the gas station? Really? Wow. You'd think he would drive to the gas station, but, you know. Whatever, I guess if you run to the gas station, you really need to get to the gas station. All right. Um, okay, good. Well, then, too bad for you, Jared. God had a word for you. Too freaking bad, buddy. All right. Um, that's right. If God allows a second service, there may be mercy. My hope is that he comes between now and then. How about you? You know, all my life, I, uh, I prayed every... Uh, not all my life, but most of my life in Christ, which I'm 56, so that would be uh, 36 years in Christ. And, uh, you know, I'd wake up every day and say, today would be a good day. You know, we're supposed to live in that, in that loving his appearing, right? You know, because there's not just a crown for some, but for any of those who, who love his appearing, who wake up saying today would be a good day. And we can say whatever we want because it sounds good. Even if we're the only one in a hotel room and we say it out loud, it sounds pretty holy. But you can say it and not mean it. But God has ways of making you mean it. Amen? And for me, that way, we talked about that at lunch today. For me, it was a, a medical drama story and all that kind of stuff that gives you a reboot. And it was a gift from God beyond any, it was the greatest gift I never wanted. And my prayer for anybody I would meet would be, God forbid that you have to go through something like that to get to a place finally where it's not about this. I mean, it's all about loving each other. I don't mean that. But I mean, this world, dude, there is a, there is a freshness seal date stamped on the meat that is sitting in this room. And we are soon out of here. We are just passing through. And if anything that we get to see and touch and do and pray, and every, if any of that thrills you more than the thought of hearing the trumpet blast and getting to go home, then something's wrong. Amen? Um, anyway, I, uh, God gave me this picture that's, that's all, about, all about new beginnings. Um, and there's so many places we could... We could uh, talk about that. And I need to talk about what we're doing missionally so you know because there's a prayer that we're going to ask you to sign on to if you, if you agree, and we'll get to that hopefully at some point. Um, but, uh, you know, God says this, Behold, I'll do a new thing. Suddenly it shall spring forth. This is so familiar to all of us. Isaiah 43, 19. Shall you not know it? Shall you not it. Shall you not know it intimately? Shall you not know it in the same verb that Adam knew Eve? We are to intimately know what God is doing in the earth. And because God give, keeps us on a need-to-know basis, 
He loves suddenlies. This walk along the golf, we didn't even know we were doing at the end of the year. I had to cancel a bunch of stuff and rearrange, and we've had to do it in segments because we couldn't even do the whole thing at once. But it's been sweet because it's God. How could it be otherwise? Suddenly I will do a new thing, or excuse me, yeah, so I, I, behold, I will do a new thing. Suddenly it shall spring forth. Will you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Sounds good, amen? Because how many people raised their hand for freedom this morning? Well, let me see. I'm not as prophetic as you think. How many people raise their hand for that? The rest of you don't give a rip. Okay, hallelujah. All right. You're already so free you can't stand it. All right. So where do you go from there? If God sets us free, free to do what? Free to be what? Free to go where? Free to say what? Free to touch what? What's next? Because freedom gets stale real quick if you don't have an assignment. We're not called to be free men. We're called to be bond slaves. We're free from the devil's tricks, but we want to be under assignment with the Most High. Amen? Amen. And most people who are crying out for freedom, often the enemy has put them in a place of this vice grip where whatever the doodah was that they needed to get free from has become so huge and enormous in their life that they've completely lost sight that their life is not their own. They're not even thinking about assignments. They're thinking about trying to get out of something. And the king of all creation, this Jewish tailor in heaven, has this custom-made suit for them. And he's just waiting to put it on you and I. And he stands there patiently. Wait, when are you going to disrobe from the bondage that you walked in with? Take your old clothes off, beloved, that I may reclothe you in glorious robes of righteousness. And those robes have a very specific place. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that God sets things specifically in place in that picture of even a biological body. Because make no mistake, that's how we're connected in the spirit. In the church in America, we think that what really makes it go, is this dude gifted? Is he smart and all that? Sure. Great. And that in five cents will give you a nickel. Who cares? He doesn't bear fruit because he's smart or because he's gifted. We aren't, we aren't joined and knit together by the gifts that God gives us, but that's how senior pastors think. That's how all of us reverendized dudes think. We see a ringer, we see a, a dude like Tony or, 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 or Hannah or Fawn or Tim that should be named John, but that's okay, or Michael over here, and, and we want him. We want him because of that gift. Well, shame on us. What are we, pimps? I have pastors that will call me and say, Pastor Tom, I need you to come to my church. We need a word. And I'll tell them, don't pimp me, dude. Don't prostitute me. I don't want to come because you need a word. You have the word. And it's a finished word. I want you to come because you like me. Because we're so hung up with the prophetic. And <laughs> that we think that's the highest place we can get. What's your title? Man, are you, you know, and, we're, and we, the problem is in the way we do stuff, we've run out of offices. Because <laughs> people all went to the seminar to get a certificate that says I'm a prophet. I wouldn't trust them to take out my trash, but they're a prophet because they paid 20 bucks. <laughs> then they go to the seminar to become an apostle. Well, there's nothing left. <laughs> we're so enamored by these gifts and these offices that expire very soon. 
They don't remain. There's not a prophet neighborhood in heaven. There's not a secure gate that only the prophets get through. What's wrong with us? God says he doesn't respect levels. And we walk around with these fleshly measuring tapes that just are a stench. This is all extra. This is bonus stuff. Okay? Um, I was ADD before it was cool, but I'm going to do one thing. So the people are getting free. I, I now remember. By the way, feel free. Feel free when I forget where I am. You know, I don't mean what town. I forget where I am, what town. Hey, honey, how are you? Me? Yeah, you. You came from this morning, didn't you? God bless you. Amy, Amy, Amy DeJong, DeLong, to something, something Cajun that I can't say, right? Hallelujah. Nice to see you. Everybody say, hey, Amy. She lives for that. It's been her secret prayer. I want to go to a church where I don't know anybody, and they all greet me. Hallelujah. So would you stop distracting me? I'm so on point, and you're getting me way off. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, just speak a Cajun blessing over me as long as it's a Jesus one. If you're going to be free, free for what? Free to what? I remember a time in my life, there have been many times like this, but there was a, 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 a pinnacle time in my life where I knew, you know how in the spirit you'll see the moving band move up, but you don't know, you don't know where it's going yet? There's times in your life where you just know that something's, something's going on, something's stirring. The, the, if you're a chess piece in the master's hand, he's about to make a move. And that doesn't mean geography necessarily, it doesn't, but it could mean anything. And if you're truly all in, then geography shouldn't matter in the first place, right? Come on. It's easy to say that here, you're all in Pensacola, okay? But let me just tell you, the whole country doesn't look like this, okay? I can't stand it when pastors, remind me where I am, by the way, sidebar. I can't stand it when pastors will say to me, well, what, what move took you to Tennessee? It's really pretty there. What, really? Is that how you determine where you go in your life? Do you go to the travel agent and get brochures and say, look, honey, that looks nice. Really? Isn't our life under a heavier assignment than that? Doesn't the spirit of God, do you want a travel agent other than the Lord God himself? I don't. Come on. So there was this time where I knew something was going on. I didn't know what it was. And my wife and I were in complete agreement. And I flew down to, we lived in Oregon at the time. I flew down to California to be with a brother. And, and I just wanted a place to pray. And I knew a lot of people in that town. So, so I, can we, I, I went to his church. I said, can we lock the doors? He goes, he goes yeah, I, I can set the alarm. And then nobody can get in. I said, okay. So he just locked me in all day. Because I, I, I like people a little you know, um, but I didn't want any, you know how sometimes people are like the last thing. Come on, right? Right? Okay. Um, actually, the truth of that is what's really wrong with us because we, most of us live under this deception that we're good at this and one day we'll be okay with this. But until we're okay with this, we are not doing this at all. Are you with me? We're either good at both or we're not doing either. The way it is. So I actually do love the body. That's a whole other story. But this day 
was a day for being in my secret place. Although one guy knew the secret, the guy that locked me in. <laughs> so I'm in this place all day, and I'm crying out to the Lord, and he gave me a song. And this just happens to be, it's kind of old school. I'm an old white dude, sorry. Um, so it's not real bluesy and real cool and all that, but, but the message is good. And it happens to be my wife's favorite. How tall? You need a taller stool to sit on, dude. That's like, I saw when you were doing that. That's like, that's like going to a restaurant that doesn't have a phone book. So I'm going to, so, oh, you get that part. I'm going to sing this now, right? You get that, okay. Um, who's the piano expert? Tim, where are you? Help me, brother. Can I, have, can I have just piano and not all the string pad and everything? You rock. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I need to hear from you just what it is you'd have me do for you, Lord. My King and my God Lord, I'd do just what you say If you would just show me the way to go, Lord I'll follow you I would go anywhere for you I would do anything you asked me to. My Lord, I want to obey you. So I'll go just where you say, and I'll do just what you do in me, my Thank you. 
Try that with me, I'll follow you. And I'll follow you wherever you may take me. Wherever you may take me. I'll be right behind. I'll be right behind. I'll follow. I'll Psalm 63.8 says this. My soul follows close behind you. You uphold me by your right hand. My soul follows close behind you. You uphold me by your right hand. That verse always seemed a paradox to me because I thought, well, well, it, it, you know, how can, how can my soul follow behind the Lord and well, he's upholding me in his right hand. How can, you know, I'm not the example of the Lord, but if I were, how can, how can my soul be back here following the Lord while he's upholding me? And then I thought, ah, because, he, because he's here. And that gave me such comfort to think that God's just leading me along with his hand outstretched like that. But then my wife, who's much smarter than me, <laughs> said, said, baby, that's a great picture. But, but maybe... Maybe it's more like this, where God's like this. Come on, you can do it. See, beloved, we're praying for freedom today. 
So free to do what? Free to go where? Free to be who? How do we do that? And the problem is, as humans, we take what God pours out, good and perfect and simple, and we make it so convoluted and complex, we can't even remember what we're thinking about. Just look in the hands of your master. We're, we all should come to him like a child. So when we're learning to walk in a new way, in a new strength, in a new gift, in a new place, in a new assignment, then let's trust him to take our hand. And, and he'll encourage us, oh, you're doing great. Just like that. Just like that. Just like when you taught your own kids to walk. Come on, let's all relearn to walk today. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's, that's the picture I want you to keep in your head. And I'm going to share with you what God spoke to me, I believe, while we were sitting at doodads having the thing. Whatever, uh, you know, Panera or whatever. Fill in the blank. A suburban place for white people. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody's allowed to go there, but you know what I'm saying. Come on. We got to get over all this stuff. All right. Um, okay, so last weekend, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, I'm in another place that you won't know where. And you won't be able to look on our schedule and figure it out because it was off the schedule so I can say this safely. So the prayer people who are great, they'd give me all these guys and all these guys were, whoa, so excited and everything. Let's all take part, right? And they all sounded, they all had a particular accent to their voice. They all sounded very white. And it was an area where I knew that everybody in that area didn't look like me. So I finally just called them and said, I guess there's no black pastors in town, no African-American leaders, they're just all white people. And they were, uh -huh. so we ended up preaching at three different African-American-led churches yesterday and met about 30 more African-American pastors. Yeah. I've, if I had a nickel for every time a white pastor has said to me, well, we invite them, but they never come, I'd have a million dollars. Is that how we love people? We invite them to come to our thing. We got it going on, baby. You're welcome to come. We want revival in this city as long as it has our letterhead on it. As long as we get the credit, we're good for all of it. Really? Really? When's the last time that, that churches in town prayed? Let's pray for whatever, the church by the beach by the thing, whatever we did this morning. That God would so pour out on them, and Sean and Mrs. Sean, mer merrily, that he would so pour out on them that we would look like a puny gnat compared to the work that God's doing through them. That's the way we're supposed to pray for one another, regardless of color, regardless of culture. But we're so, oh, where are you? Can't you tell? Look at my T-shirt. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a T-shirt. It's the spirit of the T-shirt that's the problem. Sometimes. All right. So, let's, so that doesn't mean to go the other way and I'll get the, like, I'm with stupid t-shirt, all right? So, so here, here's what I saw. We're sitting at lunch. See, I think I told you this at lunch. I believe God's favor is exploding in this city. Psalm 5:12 says that the favor of the Lord surrounds me like a shield. Is that sweet? The favor of the Lord. I got, a, I got a buddy who's writing songs for some TV shows, and they wrote this song, but the, I, I don't know what the melody is, because I love playing it with them, but I don't know the gig when I'm not with them. But the whole song just goes, the favor of the Lord surrounds me like a shield, and they just keep going. It's great. 
so anybody can sing it, right? Um, but what I saw was this Jiffy Pop. I know, sorry. Sorry, dude. You know, you're wanting like a real word and you get the Jiffy Pop word. Wow, what did the last church get? Um, but hear me out because I think this is sweet. And I don't think it's just for this house. And, and I sensed this at lunch and it changed what I was, thought I was gonna do tonight, what I'd prayed and fasted about. And, and then I went back to the hotel and then I was gonna go to the Y because it helps me feel better. But I was wet, whipped so I fell asleep for a little bit. So I guess, you know, you, you get what you get, baby. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. When you have Jiffy Pop on the stove, and it's about here. First off, young people don't even know what Jiffy Pop is, do you? Okay, right, sorry. Yeah. Hey, we had this old dude preacher. He preached about horses and stuff. Um, black and white TV. Um, Jiffy Pop, they still sell it, but I think you have to be 80 to buy it. It's, you know what popcorn is, right? Help me here, all right, okay. There was a time in history when popcorn did not come from a microwave. And, and it, it, was this, it was this little pie tin that has foil all, all you know, crushed down on it, and it's all the raw popcorn with, the, with all the stuff you're not supposed to eat mixed in there, and you, and you slide it on the stovetop, and it gets hot, and it gets hot, and then, it, and then but once it starts, it starts going, boop, 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 boop. Okay, and from there, it, you, it takes like four and a half hours for it to start, right? Remember, the old people? I mean, nothing, you know, and, and mom's doing this and the kids are going, where are we gonna have it, right? And, right? and then finally, as soon as it goes, pop, 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 you better get ready because your older brother who eats everything is gonna take it all. Because it's gonna be done in like 10 seconds. Once it does this, it's almost, it's almost done. And then the top of it get, looks like an air balloon, okay? And then, you, and then it's made of foil before we had plastic, foil. And uh, so I saw, so do all the young people, are you tracking with me? Okay, they're all Googling Jiffy Pop on their phones right now. God is speaking to me, woo! I'm gonna get a t-shirt that says Jiffy Pop. When that is at this point, when, it's, when it starts going pop, 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 it's time. It's game on. See, and that's what I see. I don't see, I don't see Mama Pietro in the Italian kitchen doing this for four hours. I see the pop, 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 where it's already like this. So it's, it's literally microseconds away from being like this. That's where I see what's going on here. It's literally that kind of, of a throbbing bulge ready to explode. Okay? Now, um, you know, when, when we think of new beginnings, we often think our flesh kind of thinks in that, you know, behold, I will do a new thing. You know, or excuse me, we think the other way. We think um, he who has begun a good thing and you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1.6. We like to think that because we've had too many times in our life where we've thought about the new things and they don't come. So we take solace in the fact that, well, let's just put them off in the by and by. Let's, let's categorize that in the, in the, he who has begun a good work and you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Well, that's good, because we know when Jesus finally consummates the, the, his marriage with us, his bride, that it's all gonna be cool. 
So we can, we, can, we can go all in on that. But what God's saying here is that this stuff is now. It is, a, it, it is not a in the by and by. It is a suddenly it shall spring forth. There is this thing happening here. If we will receive it, there, and you say, well, you know, I've heard that Isaiah scripture so many times. Good, because it's always been true. It was true before there was paper. It was true before there were people. It was true before there was a universe. Because everything that's true now was true before there was anything. So it's worth hearing again. We just forget. And so if that's true, then how do we set our expectation? Well, you know, Zechariah 4.10 says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And all afternoon and in the, in the last few days, that verse keeps going on my heart because I think, see, it's not just being excited about what's going on, but don't, it doesn't say don't despise small beginnings, which is categorically true, but it says don't despise the day of small beginnings. Well, the day of small beginnings is grueling. Now we serve a God where a thousand years is, is a day, so that's, that's a mind blower right there. So we don't know what it's gonna look like. But God's saying that he's going to set a sense of expect expectancy in our heart where we can actually enjoy the day. How do we enjoy the day? For a day in your courts is better than a thousand years outside your gates. Psalm 84, I think verse 7 or thereabouts. It goes on to say, the Lord is a sun and shield. No good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is blameless before him. We're back to the favor of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So if we want to enjoy the, the day, then, beloved, then we just keep doing this. We just keep occupying until he comes, and we do what we need to do. But there's a way. We don't need to make ourselves feel that God's doing something. We just need to say yes and Amen. Young Jeremy, who's already young but was way young, was with me in California 12 years ago when God allowed us to raise a man from the dead from the street. And we didn't feel anything. There wasn't this should have bought a Honda kind of faith in us that was like, <laughs> woo! There wasn't this thing. I don't mean any disrespect. We need to make fun of ourselves because we're funny, okay? <laughs> We're not making fun of God when we do that. You with me? You with me? Because it's all funny till it's not. Amen? Kids would come to our house. Our house was always ground zero for craziness with our, when our kids were growing up. And then we'd play soccer in the house. It's all good. You know, whatever. Bring it on. But then if somebody, if some of the young men made jokes that were impure, suddenly there'd be no laughter. And they'd look, you know, let's say, and I'd say, it's funny till it's not, dude. That's how we raised up young men in our house. How do you do it at your house? So... You don't have to feel it. You just have to say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's, aren't you glad that's the threshold? So I wasn't planning on this, but if we're going to say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, where does that come from? It comes from the story of the epileptic boy. And, and he took his son to the disciples, Matthew 17, Mark 9. And he says, you know, I took him to your dudes. I took him to the A-team and zippity-doo-dah, Nothing. And Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, uh, what time is it? When do I get to get out of here? 
How long must I bear with you, he says. Later, the, and then, of course, he talks to the guy, and he says, if, 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 and the guy says to Christ, if you would pray for my son, he goes, no, no. He says, if only you would pray. And Jesus says, no, if only you'll believe. Right. Turns it around on the dude. Does a switcheroo. Came to buy a Nissan, goes home with a Toyota. <laughs> and, he, and this is his answer. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. In the same breath. And that's enough. That's enough. But then the disciples come to him later and they go, Master, we're, you know, we're kind of we're used to doing nothing and looking really good. And we kind of dig it, to be honest. But this was no bueno today because the guy, you know, we look like, you know, the village idiots. What's the deal? This is a paraphrase, by the way, for all you seminary students, okay? And Jesus said, Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So what does that mean? Does that mean when Jeremy and I, some two drunks ran into a telephone pole in front of our building in California, we thought it was an earthquake. 20 minutes later, we go down, guy's dead. He's been dead 20 minutes. The ambulance hasn't come. What do we do? Do we go away and say, oh, you know what? We're going to go fast for 40 days. Just leave him there in the street. <laughs> That's how we approach it. Is that what Jesus meant? We know from Scripture, you know, here's the trick about Scripture. It's big. And it all confirms itself. And if you want to start a cult, pick one verse and, and preach only about that. And don't do it within the breadth of Scripture. But if you want to be a Christ follower, if you want to look and smell and have the fragrance of the king be like the Pied Piper wherever you go, then look at the breath of God's word. The disciples got rebuked because they didn't fast like all the religious dudes. So we know they weren't fasting. And Jesus said it's appropriate. The bridegroom's with them. They don't need to fast now, but just wait. They're going to fast like nobody's business. I'm just assuming we're all people who fast because pray and fast go together like, you know, love and marriage and a horse and carriage. You can't talk about prayer without talking about fasting. Am I right? Oh, wow, that, was not, that, was even, that wasn't even a tennis clap. <laughs> if anyone would follow me, he must deny himself. Yeah. <sighs> Obedience is hard, right? Come on, come on. No, come on, somebody be honest, right? Obedience is hard. Take it from a guy who's walked a little bit. Obedience is hard, but disobedience, tragic. What are you going to do? So the trick is, if you want to raise somebody from the dead, then you better be living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You better be living a separated life because when great faith is required, it's not going to be because you feel it. It's going to be because you're fully his. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't mean the sanctification process is over. I'm still a tool half the time but less than I used to be. I used to be a tool 99% of the time. I'm getting better. It doesn't mean you've arrived all the way. That's going to be face to face. We're already not that, not yet. But it does mean that you're fully his, that you're all the way in, that to the best of your knowledge, there's no holdback. There's no reserve tank. And that's what this scripture talks about next. Wow, this flows like I did it on purpose. Because watch this. In Psalm 84, I'm using this 
Gideon's Bible that's written for like somebody with eyeballs, hallelujah. Because um, I didn't bring a paper Bible here with me. Um, I packed in a hurry. Uh, okay, Psalm 84. Uh, Daniel, of course, better than the thousand. Nope, it's, cl- it's sooner. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Verse 4. You try this. Don't laugh at me. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They, shall, they will still be ble- blessed. Excuse me. Verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage or in, on the highways. They pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So, God's saying he's doing this freedom thing in this house. I believe that. I think that's what God does. God has a Jiffy Pop picture that there's something about to explode that's throbbing with new beginning life. We need to know how we're going to be all in, how we're going to get there. Okay? It says they go from strength to strength. What does that mean? You know how many people I've, I've, I've sat and had the heartache of hearing them talk about how I know God's called me to, to do this, but I don't have the fill in the blank. Our ministry needs about $30,000 right now. But I, I, have we sat home? Are we going to sit home and, and, and bite our fingernails and say, oh God, we can't leave the house? God calls us to move until our tank is bone dry believing that there's another full tank that we'll step into. But I'll tell you, beloved, if you don't use up the tank you're with, he's not going to give you the key to the new one yet. He takes us from strength to strength. God has portions of strength that come in the perfect Kairos timing in the rhythm of life, if we'll believe him for it. Amen? I wanted to tell a testimony about favor, but I'm sure I'm out of time. I, I gotta be. So, so, that's the next service. Um, here's what we're doing missionally, because you, you, uh, your pastor wants you to sow into this, um, which, which I just want to say uh, very, very, very sincerely, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's a big deal to us that you would do that. Um, our mission's name is Pentecost Walk, and the genesis of it is too long of a story. So uh, maybe that'll be second service or next year sometime. Sometime we'll tell the story. But, but this is it. I was out on a run. God knocked me over, gave me a vision to take a team and prayer walk across the country. I was a songwriter that turned down a few record deals and then trained to be a pastor under Pastor Jack Hayford and then turned down all the churches they ever offered me and found myself on a plane every week doing this. And then in the midst of that, in a fruitful thing where, where good stuff was happening, you've heard one story, we were seeing all kinds of signs and wonders but God gave me a vision that I wasn't asking for and said to go prayer walk the length of the nation from the Pacific to the Atlantic and I'll give you a prayer and to unite the body in repentance and unity because as the church goes, so goes the nation. Trust me, beloved, I've spoken the Capitol half a dozen times. God's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat either. We're living in a generation where we're putting all our spiritual hope in, man, in, in the government of man. That's not the government that's on his shoulders. It's the government of the kingdom. And God told us to come walk the gulf because to reach the body of Christ or walk into Corpus Christi, we must bridge the gulf between culture and kingdom. Culture is all about us. 
When's it going to be about me? Never. Never was, never will be. Kingdom is all about him. Never been different. Never will be different. And someday every knee will bow to that truth. But until then, we better wrestle this through. Amen? So that's why we've walked 17,000 miles, and God has been doing rip-roaring stuff that is 1,000 miles above our pay grade. And this is the prayer we're taking to the church. Almighty God, we thank you and praise you for your unending mercy and grace poured out upon our nation. You have delivered us in times of war, reunited us after conflicts among ourselves, and filled our lives with such abundance, your blessings overflow our borders. Yet still, we take you for granted. We come before you now in desperate need of your forgiveness. We confess that the liberty you so graciously gave us has become a license to do as we please. Our culture mocks you. Our highest courts are esteemed above your word. We've traded genuine spirituality for temporary pleasure, true virtue for hollow celebrity. We teach our children self-indulgence, yet stand mystified at the blood on their hands. We lust after material things, yet wonder why our souls are empty. Revive us, O Lord. Your presence is our only hope. Impart to us your passion for good over evil. As we humble ourselves and seek your face, forgive us, O God, and heal us. Make us one, that America would be the land you envisioned from the beginning. A beacon of hope lifted to the world a people free to serve you and one another in genuine love. In the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen? Thank you. As your pastor comes up, uh, there's ushers who are going to hand out that prayer, I think, right? Is that how we're doing this? And uh, we want to invite you to sign it, and we'll just collect them right up here. We can just put them up in the front. And, uh, and, and just, so you, just so you know, a little housekeeping issue, if you give us your email address, you don't go on anything else. We really respect you, and we don't send you countless emails. I send one maybe once every four or five weeks. And it's just so you can track what we're doing. We do have a Facebook page, Pentecost Walk, blah, 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 blah. I'm done. I love you. Thank you very much. Would you guys give Tom a huge hand? You know, um, I know he has so much more to pour out, and, and I know we have to transition because we have another service that starts um, at 7. If you want to hang out, I know there's more that's going to come. I, I kind of hate to put the to be continued, but one day soon we'll be in a bigger facility where we won't have that issue to be an issue. Um, let, let me say this. There is a deep, deep well here that you, you, you hadn't even began to really drink of what I have been tasting of. There are some things about this man's life that, that he's not even gone into, and, and he's, it's not about patting him on the back or anything like that. It's not his heart. Um, can, can I talk just a little bit personal, man, just your journey, physical? If, can I go there for a second? My wife, um, years ago when we lived in Birmingham, Alabama, was a regional coordinator for... Uh, multiple sclerosis for MS um, in Birmingham, Alabama. And we got to see that 
disease up close and personal as we went throughout the state working with individuals who in their physical bodies, you look at them and they look normal like you and I. And, and it's hard to sometimes understand why they would have a handicap you know, sign to park in the handicap spot when they look normal. They don't have, you know, crutches or they're not in a wheelchair. That it seems like life is just okay. But when you realize what's happened neurologically inside of their, their body, they, they literally cannot get out of the bed many times. This um, brother was recently diagnosed with MS. And I want to tell you something, man. If there was a day that you'd want to give up walking, That'd be the day that you'd, sign, you'd say, I'm, tur I'm turning in my resignation. Because I know something about that particular disease that, that heat exacerbates. It, it just accentuates everything. It's very difficult to do what they do under being out in the sun. And when I found out that situation, what he's continuing to do, knowing that that was a, a, an attack against him physically, I, I said, dude, God's up to something. God's up to something big here. This, we're talking about God is wanting to defy the odds. And I, I would like for us to take up an offering for their ministry and what they're doing. And, and Ben, I don't know if you have the offering basket. If you could bring that forward. Um, we're going to put the offering basket up here in the front. And um, we're going to just, I'm going to pray over this. And as you guys have that prayer in your hand, I want you to hold that piece of paper. I want you to, I want you to sign it. I want us to pray for Pentecost walk. And let me, let me clarify something because he said something to me earlier today that I, I found very valuable. It's not Pentecostal walk. It's not a Pentecostal walk. You know what I'm saying? Get your, no, it, it's, 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 it's about Pentecost. It's, it's where the church was birthed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay, so understand, this is a movement that is unifying every denomination, Baptist, Methodist, Charismatic, Pentecostal. It doesn't matter. It's a unifying ministry, okay? And so don't let the name scare you away. It's actually about when the Holy Spirit came upon the church. I would like for you just to, to take a moment. Would you bow your head, close your eyes? I want you to ask God what you could sow into his life and their ministry because they have to go from here and make the rest of this journey. And I know there is expenses, and, and we are, as a ministry, going to cover their, their hotels while they're here in town, and, and uh, we're just going to continue to get behind them and stay connected. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would um, continue to bless our brother Tom and, and their ministry, that, Lord, I pray that we would join them physically, but we would also join them spiritually on the, this movement of prayer. That, Lord, your word says that if your people who are called by your name would humble themselves and pray, you would hear from heaven. If we would turn from our wicked ways, you would heal our land. And, Lord, he is walking the land asking for restoration. And, Lord, we pray right now that each one of us can do something. I pray, God, that each one of us would do something to see that this ministry would continue to bloom and move with fire and to be full of of the presence of God. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
If you would like to write a check, you can write a check out to Pentecost Walk. That goes directly to them. Everything that comes in this offering goes directly to their ministry. None of that comes to this house. It goes, everything is going to go to him. And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, what you give, we're going to throw some cheese on top of it, okay? Because we want to bless them, man. We want to take care of them. It is uh, 6.56, so here's what we do. If you just stand to your feet. We're going to let this be the way we close out. The worship team's going to play, and I want you guys just to walk by and, and just bless Brother Tom and throw something in the offering plate. You guys are welcome to go out and hang out in the lobby, get to know each other. He'll be out there to say hello to you, to get any other information. Uh, we love you guys. God bless you. Have a great night.